Okay, Diary listeners, welcome back to our time with John Simmons. This is uh, our second part to his diary entry with us. And uh, we're calling this one Downstream. (laughs) The full circle of the koi. As John has that tattooed to him, I figured it would be apropos. So a little yin energy this time. Uh, We're not going to... we're not going to find out what happened to me and uh, and my body and hand sanitizer. That's what I go to John for. And uh, if, if you are feeling any kind of upsetness with your, with your body and with your balance and all of that, I hope that this, this time with John can assure you that he is the man to go see as I see him and get that all checked out. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. And uh, here's John. Enjoy, listeners. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. (laughs) What it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. talking about personally yeah I mean myself yeah but uh, I know I'm not the only one it was global oh well I mean just think about the craziness that we've got going on outside in the digital world today oh, yeah it's relentless they just don't, don't stop bombarding us with bad news and uh, you know trying to separate us by color belief creed religion all that sort of thing I mean, it's just very weird. I mean, I, I look at uh, the the people who I know, who I enjoy, and who I am fortunate, fortunate enough to consider to be my friends, and there's the whole gamut. It's, there's not, you know, no one looks like me, or, you know, they don't all fit in the same size box with all the same uh, characteristics. I mean, if everybody were like me, I wouldn't want to hang out with them because it'd be boring. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I know you. I know what you're thinking. You probably get annoyed. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, I think... Wow, am I really like this? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, well, they're trying to divide us. They're trying to create this... Here you go. Here's one. I went into a store with my kids a a while ago, and, you know, they were talking about some sort of information. Maybe they've seen a YouTube video, and they say, well, that stuff's going on. I go, do you see it around you? And they go, no. And I, what I do is, when I go out, when I'm with my kids, I talk to everyone. And I, uh, I say hello, and if there's a chance for an opening there, I'll just make a comment, see if they're game. If not, on to the next thing, on to the next person. But uh, I find that even during COVID uh, and the BLM stuff that was going on, uh, there wasn't any animosity with the people that I met and so a lot of stores I go through you got predominantly African American people right they weren't interested in all that bullshit mm-hmm. they weren't interested in you know starting trouble and talking um, negatively or everybody was so stressed out they just wanted to get through the day and I think that's true even now um, we all as 
human beings in this very unsuccessful social experiment that's going on. It's like Morgan Freeman in Seven. You ever see that movie? Yeah. He says, at the end of the day, all pe- most people just want to watch television and eat cheeseburgers. And it's like, yeah, I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are so many external pressures on us and it's uh, stirred up with um, you know POV and staged uh, social media posts. You see it on Twitter, which is now X. You know, if you see them, you, you watch the little video and you have an emotional reaction, they've got you. That's what they want to do. And so you'll make a comment and the comment's often very judgmental or it's very superficial, but it's based on having this one view of a situation which may or may not be real and doesn't necessarily account for you know the rest of the human beings who we get to uh share space with throughout the you know a day week month year well i think that it's important as a healer to um of any kind to recognize that for what it is and kind of at the very least challenge that perspective you know like because that's the whole point right like people we kind of if we can accept it, then it can hurt us, you know, like mm. if we can agree to it, then it can actually have influence. But if, you know, if, if we have that seed of like, oh, maybe not that, if we're able to flip it around or, you know, look at it from a different angle, that's always been, I like how you said that you'd talk to anybody, like you just try to, you know, you're constantly trying to... Can it, um, can contact. Yeah. Well, this, uh, what was that movie? There was some movie a while back. Um, well, there was one called Contact. Was that the one? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. It, it, it had, um, what's her name? I'm so terrible with the names right now. Uh, she was in she was in Silence of the Lambs. Um, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster, yes. Well, I think that oh, was that, that, was the, that was the UFO one, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I never saw that one, but I've heard it, or seen it it's referred to. Slow. I mean, okay. it's, it's interesting. Was it? I mean, they're talking about bringing this one down on us with the UFO sighting to distract us from what the central bank digital currency or something. I don't know. I mean, all the number of things you can be distracted by, right? Like, I mean, that's the thing is that for me, it's always just I want for myself anyway, because I kind of see tattooing as a healing art Mm. and something like that. Who knows? I might be participating in a whole bunch of stuff that's about, you know, a lot more about acupuncture and what you do than what I think. Right, sticking needles in people. Yeah, I am. And and it's a a thing you get to walk away with and Mm. brand yourself with very consciously. And uh, if you're with somebody like me, you you really work with uh, another person to bring about something that is all yours, Hmm. um, which I really like to do. But I always like to get people back to this idea of play. And that's what I like about the whole flipping it on its, on its ass kind of thing, you know, like, uh, you know, the Twitter thing, you know, all the social media, there are things that you can, you can look at for what they are and, and you can play with them. And if I can get you back to at least not taking it so seriously and not Mm. thinking this is the world at large or, you know, maybe doing something that like tests, tests the paradigm a little bit and see what happens. What else will you take that kind of 
thought or philosophy to in your life like if it's just critical thinking skills really but it's it allows you to like you said with your friend be open um come back to the space of where it doesn't really matter if you know it but that you can participate it in a way that's um fun and you know like it's all about how how well you live you know life can be seven where you like sit around and eat cheeseburgers all day or it can be like well you know i want like i sitting around and eating cheeseburgers all day sounds lovely in theory to me but i can honestly say that i want to i want to be the type of person who loves things like david goggins loves them i want to be like that like i want to i'm like there are people like that that are so into those things that I want to fall in love with like the hustle you know mm. uh, I'm not in that vein right now I have been in it but like I like I like that and I like when you're just so driven by something other it's God I'm sure but just making life fun and even can make something like X fun where you know even this morning I, I get on there and I saw this thing that was about a non-vaxxed guy winning the World Cup. Oh, the tennis. Yeah, was it the tennis Djokovic. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yes, it was him. Um, the World Open is it the World Open? Or, I don't. It, the World Cup is different at soccer, and I think I thought it was soccer. <laughs> how into sports I am. But they, they they were saying that Moderna was advertising around the, um, you know the the boundary for the the tennis court and then the winner was the guy who didn't get vaccinated well it's beyond that it's just like you know people being like rah 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 the guy who didn't get vaccinated and meanwhile i'm thinking well it's just such an amazing feat you know at this time i thought he was on a team too which i'm sure he has been on many teams in tennis you Mm. know even though it's a one-on-one against each other kind of thing you do play in these like team kind of settings usually but I was just thinking, what an amazing thing to just win that, regardless, you know, like, um, and I kind of found myself being like, why am I cheering for this person more than anyone else? Like, this is just an amazing thing. Hmm. Like, this is just an amazing thing to have happen. And there's this one comment that says, like, this guy kind of symbolizes all of us who had the fortitude not to get vaccinated and I was like but does he really because like you said I'm not surrounded by Moderna advertising as I'm actually doing the things that I'm doing I'm not in the public eye I'm not in that kind of competition space I didn't win anything like that like I can't compare myself with this what what exactly am I motivated by and I just found myself saying I'm just really happy for him you know, I'm really, really happy for him. Yeah, he's not that young now either, I think. No, no. So that's, even... that's such a quite a, a big feat. And yeah. then I just kind of pulled myself by looking at it for what it was. You know, like, this was something that if I looked at it per my attachments to the whole thing, yes, I could very much so say he symbolizes this external thing that I think has anything to do with me. Right. It has nothing to do with me. Yeah. It has everything to do with somebody doing something really, really cool. And I'm just happy that he did it. I'm happy that that, that happened for him. Um, 
And the whole vaccination thing, you know, I, I mean, you've encountered people that since that time that have had to like really, you know, they were pressured into getting it or they got it because they felt like it wasn't going to be that big of a thing or whatever, whatever reason they provide, they're now dealing with the repercussions of it afterwards. Oh yeah. And it's bad. It's bad. But like my, my heart, like goes out to that rather than being like, yeah, I wish you would all die. <laughs> you know, like I'm not finding myself being like team non-vax. You know right, what I'm right. saying? Like, <laughs> no, I hear you. No, I'm clear. I, the, the, the challenge is though, is, and I've recognized that with myself. So here you go. Uh, I have a friend called Sean, who's an amazing guy. And he's got a beautiful girlfriend called Yulia. And we were gonna. He was gonna go a uh, whole day uh, St. Paddy's Day party, uh, March twenty twenty. And I was looking forward to that because I needed to get out of the house. Twenty nineteen was a bad year for me, very bad. And so I managed to get through it. I did the Goggins thing, got up uh, before the sun every day to run five miles, regardless of how hungover I was. And I was largely very hungover. So you know, Dad died, best friend murdered, uh, broke up with my ex, which um, was the best thing to do, but I just I couldn't see my kids every day and uh, my uh, reason for being. And uh, so, but I forced myself and I forced myself and I forced myself and uh, then I thought, well, okay, great. I think I might be ready to go to a party. I had to shut it down because, um, you know, that was the uh, beginning of COVID and nobody knew what they were dealing with. So, you know, I started reading up as much as possible. I got a couple of friends who are doctors and they were getting the inside scoop. You know, we were just, you know, talking about it. It's like, this is going to be, this is not going to be an overnight thing. And, you know, they were talking about, well, ivermectin and uh, anti-malarial tablets and all this sort of thing. And I previously had, so having lived in the tropics before, got dengue fever. Wow. So dengue fever, there's four different types. One's called dengue hemorrhagic fever. I'm not sure which one I had, but my daughter, who was uh, four at the time, thought I was going to die. And, you know, it's like, well, we need to get you airlifted to a helicopter. I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, Airlifted to a hospital. It's not my time. I got stuff to do. I mean, you know, um, I don't think I'm going to go by natural causes anytime soon. That's why I just pray that it's not stupid how I go, because I'm so stubborn. It can just be dumb. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll die on the toilet this weekend <laughs> with a bowl of cereal in my lap. <laughs> right. But um, so I'm looking up, I, I previously done a lot of research on, well, what are the, uh, what's the symptomatology and what are the long and short term effects of dengue fever? So dengue fever is a mosquito vector. You get bitten by a mosquito and it, you know, spews its uh, no, nauseous toxins into you. And... Um, you one of the symptoms and it doesn't affect everybody is that you have bleeding i remember that my mouth was bleeding a lot and i had my hands were bleeding and it felt like my hands and feet you know in do you ever remember that tv show kung fu Mm -hmm. david carradine and he he leaves the monastery and before he leaves he has to pick up the the red hot bowl of coals the cauldron of coals and then he gets the 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 burns of the tiger and the uh the dragon, the Shaolin symbols on his forearms. Well, it felt like I'd picked that up. I mean, my, wow. my hands were burning like they were third degree burns. Wow. And then, I mean, I'm 
very strong person. Not as strong as Rico, but... Um, I don't know. He's never had dengue fever. And let me tell you, when he got COVID, man, that was... Well, that, that'll take you out. I had to baby the hell out of that man. That'll take you out, though. Oh, it was. And uh, so I remember I pick up my daughter from school and I was barely making it to drive the three miles through the jungle to where she was being schooled to pick her up. And our house was elevated, so there were two short flights of stairs and I had to stop halfway up holding her. She's only three, so she was maybe like 25 pounds, 30 right. pounds. And uh, I couldn't breathe because what you have is plural extravasation, where the uh, fluid from your plural vasculature, your veins and whatnot in the lungs, they exude fluid. So it feels like you're drowning, you're underwater. Wow. And so what happens with that is you, then you get scar tissue on the alveoli, which are the little air sacs that absorb all the oxygen. So um, the point of this story is that I'd done some research into this. So I was familiar with what treats what, including malaria, because I was looking for crossover things. And the thing is, yes, they have a new virus, uh, they have a new vaccine for dengue, which was from, I think, 2021, they legitimized it, or it was you know, authorized for use. Uh, but up until that point, nothing. Why? Well, who are the people who get dengue fever? Well, they're brown people. Brown people don't matter because they don't have the financial wherewithal to be able to warrant the investment by pharmaceutical companies into a cure. Yep. So we're talking about Central America, uh, Af parts of Africa. But you'll find that in parts of Africa, they take anti-malarials mm -hmm. uh, as part of their weekly regimen. As a prophylactic, ivermectin, ivermectin yeah. hydroxychloroquine, whatever. Yeah. And so I was familiar with the function of the uh, pathology, and I ran it by these two doctor friends, and they both agreed yeah. that putting people on ventilators isn't going to do anything because yeah. it's not a ventilator illness, it's a blood illness where your blood can't carry the oxygen to the cells, tissues, and organs in order to make them work. So instead of using the proven and if you look at PubMed and look under uh, uh, papers for ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, you can see that it has been definitively proven with double-blind studies that uh, it works. Mm -hmm. All right, so why are they taking it off the market anyway without going into the whole vaccine thing? It was a setup and people were unnecessarily exposed to pain, suffering and death. Mm -hmm. So anyway, back then uh, I realized that something's wrong because they can't be that willfully ignorant that they're choosing the wrong direction to go when I, little old me, who is not that smart and has just got a handful of experience and spent some you know, COVID downtime looking at some stuff on the internet, figured it out. And it wasn't you know, like I invented the wheel or something the information was there and I just would draw it together and I ran it by two people who were a lot smarter than I am and they said I can't find any flaws in your theory see you got it from the from the medical angle I just saw it from the, the economic angle I was just like this is totally a setup first of all on the whole little old me kind of angle it was like I'm 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 looking at this, just people's reaction towards the virus. I was like, 
you're not going to be able to prevent it the way that you think that you're preventing it. That's ridiculous. Right. Like, if you're going to catch it, you're going to catch it. It's a viral thing. Right. Like, it, you, like, do you understand what kind of level of distance? I mean, they have clean rooms for a reason. Like, there's, if you're in proximity, if it's as viral as they're saying, I'm going to get it and I'm going to have to, like, I have to deal with the consequences. And then when I saw who it would affect and how it would affect them and I, and, and what the likelihood that you would survive and how it was comparative to other viruses, I was like, bring it on, dude. I don't know why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw what, like how they were playing the whole thing, just on the socioeconomic level, I was like, oh, my God. This, this is a complete power grab. This is a complete... This is this is a redistribution of wealth, but to the wealthy, and this is what they always do, and that's just with knowing how power structures work and how economic, you know, how 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 they use fear to to get people off their money all the time. And all you have to do is have a cursory knowledge of marketing and advertising and all of that. Mm. But again, little old me, I'm like just the tattoo artist in Maryland. Like this is not. I had friends of mine, friends quote air quotes. Um, people that I know that were contacting me from all angles, just being like, "What are you saying? Like, are you sh- like, how could you be saying this?" I had a, a girl that was in. Um, she lives in Pakistan. I went to college with her, but she she's a person in the media in Pakistan. She's like, "Are you are you crazy? You really think that you should be tattooing right now? You should be going back to work." And I was like, "You're in Pakistan, chick." <laughs> How is anything I do here relevant to you? Right. Like, please, please isolate for me how little old me in Maryland, which is a small state in the United States, yeah. how does that relate to you? I don't really even get it. And it was just so unbelievable to me how people reacted. But it's the same kind of feeling. But, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible thing when you utilize um i guess just things that isn't common knowledge you know and that's why i always i've said this to you before like you said that you didn't you thought you'd be wealthy and all this stuff from reiki i think you have been um i mean the amount of knowledge that you have i mean i've shared with you a biblical quote i can't reference it right now but, you know, a knowledge is probably the wealthiest you'll ever get. And the kind of people that you've run into and the kind of experiences, the fact that you can even talk to people that are smarter than you to confront your ideas. Mm. That's, that's so wealthy. You know, like I, I and I think that's what it's really all about is, um, you know, having resources, you know, having a multitude of experiences. I mean, who's gotten dengue fe- fever, you know, not a lot of people. Uh, I mean, I, 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 I wish it were fewer. Yeah. You know, anyway, I'm sure there's a lot of people in certain areas of the country, like you said, but like, you know, I haven't lived in a jungle, you know, just hearing about that for the people listening, that's, that's a, that's quite a perspective that they can't really challenge because it's yours. Right. <laughs> you know, like... No, I mean, I look at my life and I don't think it's anything particularly special, but then you know, something will pop up and be, oh, you did that? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't, I just, I just stumble through. Well, me I make, too. I make the most of it. 
I mean, this is called the apprenticeship diary, so that's kind of the whole point. Yeah, yeah. Is is that to let people know on a on a on a what does the journey look like level? It's like that, Mm. you know. It's just like that, you know. You all you can do is stumble through. That's why you know you had asked when I went to go pee if it was okay to bring up spirituality and and the Bible. Yeah. Like yeah, I've been talking about that, you know, myself for the past couple because I I kind of went away from the whole uh, interview thing for a minute um, just because it felt like I was, I don't know, I'm playing with, I'm playing with the rhythm of podcasting, but I think I'm finally ready to like stand on a mantle of like having it be about me and like sharing some of the insights because that investment in the Bible is like that. It's so cool. And like you meet people and they'll show you something else or something will happen as you're on that path. That is so incredible that if you don't document it regularly, yeah, it's kind of lost. And I, I feel like this is an amazing way to share with people on a regular basis that kind of journey. Yeah, I don't know what it will produce. It started out one way. It's evolved for like five. I think four or five years, but it's just been a really great submission of like, it's the only diary I've been ever really able to keep consistently. And, um, and to me, it's sharing the wealth. Like I said in the the commercial about you, it's like, this person is way more than what he does. Mm, I mean, you've already shared so much. We've been talking for like an hour and a half and you've given so much. I want to share, if I may, uh, this is about you. So, well, this is uh, so. Was a miracle. A miracle is something that goes against the laws of nature, right? So you could look at that in terms of probability, uh, and you can measure probability by. Well, it's very simple. Uh, and recently, a miracle happened to me, which led me to have faith in that my pursuit of study of the Bible was the correct thing. So I told you that John, my buddy, um, wonderful guy. I'd love to hang out with this person, by the way. Oh my God, he's a bit too much for a lot of people, but you'd be fine. I would trust be, me, you'd be fine. I trust you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so we're sitting at this table. I, I think it was was at the. There's a wine place down uh, in, um, just at the edge of the city in uh, Hamden, or it could have been a little tea shop. I'm not sure which one it was. But anyway, he pulls out the Bible and I'm like, oh, God, what's this now? And uh, the second time he did it, uh, I took a look at his Bible and said, I really like that. It's a large format came, King James uh, Version 1611 with faux leather cover. So you got large format King James Version 1611, 1611 gilt edged. So that's uh, four. One, two, three, four. Four components, right? And I said, I really like that. And he said, oh, yeah, buddy, this is where you can get it from. And he showed me where to order it. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to have to. And I don't know where that came from. I had no idea. But I just had that knowing feeling that I wasn't going to have to go and order one. So I have another friend called Lynn. He's from Mississippi. And he lives with his um, aged mother. She's 91. She's a, a miracle on two legs. She's, uh, her name's Betty and I love them both. And uh, when I listen to them talk, I want to have a pen and paper because they say things that are so colorful that I uh, 
I just I feel the need to write them down. She says, well, you don't want to hear this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, this sort of thing. And uh, I said, I know about her. She looked like she was going after it like she was killing a snake. Things like that. It's like, wait, what? Can I write that down? Because I might, I might want to use that sometime. That's a great way to say it. Anyway, he's, he's a super smart guy. And she's a wonderful person, and you know he's very filial. He's taking care of his mom, and they they live uh, on the edge of the country over there. Anyway, he's off in Virginia on some um, mission, and uh, he calls me up and says, "There's been a fire at the house, and my mom's there, and I'm going to be a few hours from home. So would you mind going and checking on her? I'm in the car right now. I'm going. I'm going to do it. You know, I could have quite easily said." <laughs> I'm kind of tired, but it's like, no, this is not what yes. these, you know, it's what... It's putting your path. Well, yeah, exactly. It's putting my path. <laughs> I cannot say no. And, well, plus 91-year-old old lady who's, she calls me our second son. Yeah. So there's my second mother right there. I have to go make sure she's all right. So I, it takes me 20 minutes to get there, pull up, get out, and, hello, hello, is everybody there? And then, you know, the place, the place smells of smoke and... Just make sure that she's okay. So I sit and talk with her for uh, uh, a few hours. And I mean, it's great. She's a wonderful person. I love being around them. And uh, they're both so full of life. And uh, so anyway, he calls me and then uh, lets me know that he's near home. And so he comes back uh, and he's manages to get everything orchestrated. Uh, you know, he's on the phone in the car. They're good for yeah. then I'm free to go but I stick around a little bit longer and um, I'm talking about the Bible my friend John and this that and the other and he says oh I've got something you'd be interested in so he brings down uh, three or four volumes of Strong's Concordance which is the Bible in Greek and Hebrew it's not ancient Hebrew it's in uh, what's it called Masoretic Hebrew which is the modern Hebrew which is actually a daughter language of Egyptian, not the other way around, as Ralph Ellis will uh, clarify to you in one of his videos on Genesis. And um, so he says, oh, I've got something else you might like. Guess what it was? Large format, King James Version, 1611, gilt edge with a faux leather cover. Whoa. And he says, I want you to take that. Wow. All right, so there's five criteria, all of which were met to correspond with John's Bible that, for some reason, I felt I wasn't going to have to order from wherever it was.com. Wow, that's so, pretty intense. Yeah, too. so all I need now is the lottery numbers. So, God, if you're listening... <laughs> right? Well, a lot of people will be listening. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> so. Just between us, though. Yeah, right. Well, I, you know, I, I just, I feel like... I just feel like when you're in that vein and you're you're pursuing the right thing and clearly that that's a right pursuit because it came to you like that and you had that inclination. I just feel like all things are possible, you know, like it's just it's all possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, more miraculous things have certainly happened, but that's that's one of the things that you want to document because you know, I, I I'm in a place right now, personally, where I have to write my testimony for being at church and what brought me to God. And like, I've always known God. Mm. I've always felt that way. But, um, mm. you know, going to this church and pursuing it the way I am, it's very distinct. And it's, there's so much. Like, it, it, it's so nuanced that 
Um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, if you document it regularly, at least then it'll get more in your head and more succinct as something to describe. But yeah, I just feel like, uh, I don't know. It's the same way with you and Reiki. Um, it's like, I want to know more about this. Like, this is miraculous. Mm. This is something incredible that I want to get closer to. Yeah. And I want to know more and more about it as much as I can. And I do feel like, just like I'm sure you're feeling, that it, it just it feels like it's healing something in me or that it's bringing me... Um, I don't know. It's giving me that, that, that energy again. You know, like my heart did because of COVID and, and all that happened, I do think my heart broke. And um, there, there's that energy, that spark is back, that passion is back. So why not focus on it and like pursue it? But yeah, I, this has been something that we've shared together in our times when we've met. And um, yeah, I, I think it can only make us better people and bring us closer to the things that we're ultimately wanting. Yeah. You know? But it's like anything, right? Like you pursued, you pursued Reiki, and you thought you thought everybody would be into it. And it's the same thing with like me and so many ideas. Like I, I think about it, and I'm like, oh, people have got to be into this. Like it's so clear. It's like it's like all the things that I saw during COVID that were like so clear to me, but so not clear to everybody else. And um, you know, I. I think that's how it is with like a pursuit of God. I think you'll get everything that we want. I don't know if it'll come the way that we think or that we'll even be able to control that like your Bibles, you know, like we just got to lean into it and it'll be a really interesting journey. Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I think with everything, there are plateaus and I mean, it's never as good as right at the beginning when you get that transitional uh, sensation of wonder and awe and well this is a, a, a slightly different direction than my path is taking so I've been a God person since well let's say 1997 uh, you know I wrestled with well what's God there's a guy called Dr. Michael Heiser and he talks about various different aspects of the Bible. Uh, he's a theologian. So the difference between a theologian and a historian is the theologians use the Bible as substantiation for the Bible. Uh, biblical historians typically will reach out into uh, peripheral materials to validate, consolidate, justify or refute components of the Bible because I mean it is randomly put together mm -hmm. and you know what I was listening to this morning on my way back to uh, Baltimore uh, on Genesis and Ralph Ellis was phenomenal and there's some stuff that he's repeated from his Exodus uh, uh, lecture but uh, you know it expands my mind for a moment there I was in a very um, passive uh, state of mind where it was all magical and it was all wonderful but you can't stay like that uh, and now I'm in a, a restless irritable sort of discontented sort of mood because you know nothing for me seems to be going that smoothly but then it's not me who wrote the plan 
pardon this interruption, diary listeners, but I wanted to do a brief self-promotional plug here for the Paradise Tattoo Gathering, which is coming up so soon. I can't believe how fast September is flying. But from October 12th to the 15th, the Paradise Tattoo Gathering will be going on. If you haven't, go get your tickets. I cannot recommend this tattoo gathering enough. It is fraught with seminars and all of that kind of cool stuff. For myself, I'm going to be giving away a seminar called Gone Fishing, whereby I'm going to be giving people some great tips about how to be an amazing apprenticeship prospect. I'm also going to be doing a, a very, I mean, I feel like it's it's a deal, seminar on uh, how to do a bang-up consultation. I'm calling it No Regrets. It's only $30. Uh, so go. Go to TattooGathering.com and secure your t- tickets for this event. It's, uh, it's going to be amazing. And one more thing. I am going to be giving away to a lucky two people who follow through and share whatever information you can about the tattoo gathering, the the seminars that I'm going to be doing. The whole thing is really just amazing. But if you share something about Paradise Tattoo Gathering and you hashtag Paradise Portfolio Review 2023, that's all one thing, hashtag your post, you will put yourself in the running for a free portfolio review by me. So do it. October 1st, I will be announcing the winners. So I hope I get to see you in paradise. And so, you know, it's, I, I have a friend called Ashley, he's a wonderful person. And she sends me uh, my badza. Badza is your, uh, or your tongshu, it's a Chinese, um, meditation for the day based upon your so feng shui who knows about the energetics of your location where things are in your home for example your place of business and then you've got your uh, the energy of the day you were born the location of where you were born uh, the time of day when you were born and these you know each of these have uh, like for example most people are familiar with your animal on the year of the horse and each of the uh, animals there's 12 of them has an element, so wood, fire, earth, metal, water. Mine's a fire horse. And uh, they go on 60, cycles of 60 years. So we're just, uh, my sister, so we're going back into her 60s. She could be 60 next year, so she's a wood dragon. So that's when the wood begins. I just turned 57, so in three years I'll be 60. That will be fire year again so fire horse in three years and so so five elements 12 animals five times 12 is 60 uh, and then they get broken down into uh the the month the week the day half the day and every two hours so like i was saying uh, with the organs you've got the um lung heart spleen liver kidney and then pericardium also that's an additional one which is they have the five elements, but this is like a sixth component to make the full 12. And um, within those two hour slots, you can meditate uh, for specific things. And uh, depending on, you know, the day, your, you know, astrological details and all that sort of thing, uh, you can, um, 
hope to benefit in specific ways from that. So, uh, yeah, we've been doing some experimentation with that. And uh, I started in 1997 with, uh, I was introduced to Paramahansa Yogananda. Are you, are you familiar with this guy? Anyway, he was uh, an Indian who brought meditation to the West. And there's a play, two places in uh, Los Angeles. One is uh, called Mount Washington, not to be confused with down Falls Road. And uh, the other one is uh, Pacific Palisades, which was uh, a lakeside retreat where he would go. Anyway, he was a guru uh, from a lineage of gurus. Uh, but he didn't uh, speak about Hinduism. He spoke about God, and he wanted people to meditate in order to learn about God. So I had a big problem with the concept of God because, you know, growing up with it shoved down your throat in school and all that. So I thought, well, okay, what can I do to get past this? Because I understand what the benefits are of one, meditation, and two, not letting this thing be the burr under my saddle or the bee under my bonnet or whatever you want to call it. So uh, I thought, well, what does God represent? God represents truth, love, beauty, innocence, and purity. Oh, okay, well, I can get my head around those abstract concepts. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I just incorporated that as God into my mind until I was able to get over myself and deal with it. And so I did meditation. I was doing meditation sometimes up to five hours a day not a very sociable person at that time in my life as you can imagine and uh, you know living quite a reclusive lifestyle and you know staying fit and healthy and not doing uh, anything too stupid um, but so 1997 through what we now 32 years later oh no that's probably th not quite as many as that so 28 years later uh, and then I'm got John Richardson putting the Bible in front of my face going, listen, bitch, this is what you need to get your face into. Yeah. And he does talk like that. And I appreciate that about him. I like it. And um, uh, so finally I'm getting my nose in the book and reading it and realizing that what I thought I knew was very different to what I've now become able to understand. Yeah. And so... Uh, every aspect of my life seems to be converging towards that. So for example, you told me about your um, introduction to the church and started reading the Bible. And I was very interested because I will listen to something from you. I won't listen to something from somebody else. That's awesome. But uh, well, thank you. <laughs> no, I mean, I trust you to yeah. paint beautiful art on my skin. And I would never think that you're as introverted as you say you are. No, I mean, I'm terrible. <laughs> I mean, when COVID happened, I'm like, yes. It's like, oh, no more traffic. Amazing. So like in the five minutes a day that I'm out and about. And that's really when we reconnected, which is right. interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's funny. And then, you know, um, I say, oh, I need this, that, and the other. Okay, uh, I'll do this. And just, just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do I, it. I know you were so, I was like, wow, this is awesome. I don't need to sign off on that. So when you're talking about the, you know, the church and the Bible and all this sort of stuff, you started, uh, you, you gave me a few of your resources, Dr. Oh no, uh, Father Mike, mm -hmm. listened to a few of his things. And then I gradually started gravitating towards that. And then it all just sort of took off. And I mean, who knows where it's going to go. Now this Rolf Ellis is starting to present a different 
you know, now I'm having to question things because I've listened to Jordan Peterson talking about uh, uh, his description of Genesis in the beginning with the word and the word, and the word was God and the whole Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, all this sort of thing. And I've read all sorts of different variations on that. And I was using Reddit for a while until I got rid of it completely. But I was looking at uh, biblical academia, um, biblical theology, acad uh, biblical history, and all these little subreddits of people who were tremendously experienced in all these different things. So it meant it was a shortcut to learning that I didn't have to do quite as much research myself. Don't get me wrong, I'll read a book a day given half a chance uh, because I love to do that. And, you know, I'll s manage to retain a certain amount of stuff in my brain until my brain gets too full and then it just like gets yeah. shoved out my left ear. Memory yeah. And, uh, you know, by that time, I, I think what's happening these days, particularly with sort of health and medical information, is that by the time my brain is full and starts dumping, it's no longer relevant anyway. But... Um, I am now challenged because it's very easy for me to become passive and uh, like a Hindu cow and just absorb uh, all this stuff. But then I have to challenge myself uh, to look deep, more deeply into it. And this is what Ralph Ellis was doing. And I have a friend who's um, he's in uh, Pittsburgh and he's, uh, he's a lawyer. And he challenged. He's just a very disagreeable person, <laughs> and uh, for which I appreciate yeah, him tremendously. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he's always like, "Yeah, well." <laughs> so he introduced me to Ralph Ellis, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay. I guess I've kind of been a bit passive about this." But then that challenges me, and when our faith is challenges, it's when it is it is at its strongest. And you know, I mean, as I was saying, 1997, I couldn't even get my head around God. And I was meditating. I got to a point where I was laughing and crying at the same time. And I felt like I had um, just hot, molten substance in my brain spreading out, dissipating. I think it's called lacrit. No, they call it, Hindus call it. Uh, but it's some sort of neurochemical. It could even be serotonin, but it's that intense. It's more like ecstasy. Mm -hmm. But then it happens and you focus on it and then you go, oh, cool, I wish this would happen for... And then it's gone. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like David Goggins. He says every day you've got to go win your trident. So the trident's a Navy SEAL thing. You've got to give your full and you've got to earn it every day. And, uh, I mean, I don't know, Hollywood tells us it's a happy ending. There aren't any happy endings. It might be a happy ending to the day, but, uh, you know... What happens? You retire and you sit on the couch and you eat pizza watching Netflix for the rest of your life. That's not going to make anyone happy. There was some movie. It just came to my mind when you said that, but um, it's, does anything end is the, the, the line. And, and the truth is, no, it doesn't end. It's just like, what are you building towards? Um, you know? And um, I feel like I feel like your uh, tattoos and like the the symbol of this whole thing is kind of like the journey of the koi. Like, like you said, you're going to pursue anything that's put in your path. Mm. You're going to jump over it. You're going to confront it. And it's all moving towards this uplifting kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and there are, like you said, those passive moments where you're kind of floating downstream and, and you're kind of just soaking up, you know, those kind of points of it. I feel very similarly. Question. 
do you find, because this is a conflict for me, um, I don't know why it's a conflict for me, because it's really just a, it's, it's, maybe it's just my lack of knowledge in it, or I'm just kind of hanging it as a bullet point before I, I really make any decisions, but do you have any um, issues with, um, I guess your practice and what's in the Bible and cause you know, they, they, at least in my church is, uh, you know, you don't put any God, you know, that's the number one commandment, no God before the God. Mm. So they put no man before me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with our church, it's, it's like, you know, yogic practices, for example, or any kind of mm. spiritual entities that were founded upon a concept of God outside of Jesus and uh, that, that the Trinitarian God, you mm. know, the Christian God <clears throat> is considered wrong and potentially demonic. Yeah. Um, do you have any conflicts with that? No, not at all. I think it's uh, a good thing to think about because so you know presence of mind is something that is encouraged within the Bible and you'll also find you know obviously yes you can cherry pick and find contradictory statements about everything but uh, you know that's just the nature of the book you've got five books of the Torah which is five books the first five books of the Old Testament is the Torah and so and then you've got the rest of the old testament so that's two-thirds of the bible is for the you know originally for the jewish people right. and then you've got the new testament which is the jesus and the apostles stuff uh so there's no statement that says the two are not uh unre irreconcilable i like the old testament god i like that he sent gideon to go uh take out the midianites he said to Gideon, go take out the Midianites. Oh, wait a minute, you got too many men. So Gideon said, all right, who's not feeling it? And they all, oh, I don't feel it. It's like a Monty Python movie. Oh, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't, know, I don't feel it. And they send, he said, right, go home, go back to the city and go take care of the city. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then, so then he, he says, all right, God, can we go uh, take on the Midianites now? And God goes, well, there's too many of you. They're not going to know it's me. So he, he boiled them down to 300, like the Sparta movie. And don't forget, the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, were the uh, the princes mm -hmm. uh, of the Midianites. And they had these big-ass camels, and they were covered in gold necklaces, which was your, um, your rank in the hierarchy. And uh, so basically God said, you've got 300 of you now. Uh, go get this sorted out. So long story short, they went down. They, you know, they listened to the Midianites, who were giants. Like, you know, we're talking about fifteen feet people here. Mm -hmm. This is not small people. Right. If you remember, uh, did you watch that um, Game of Thrones? Yeah. All right. So when yeah. the the wildlings, they had these giants, right? Mm -hmm. yep. well, these were giants like that, but they're not the lumbering kind. They're the right. big. I'm going to squash your head kind. Right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so. Uh, Gideon went and he and his 300 men decimated the Midianites and there were thousands of them and then they took the gold from the camels and they took Oreb and Zeb and they cut the heads off 
I mean, like David cut off Goliath's head with with his own sword at age six, which I thought was quite cool. Yes. And uh, so I like that, but it feeds within me a justification or a search for vindication in something which I understand is not for me to do. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I am by nature a vengeful person, so that is something I have to keep under wraps. Since I've been a father, that all has sort of gone by the wayside for the most part. But, uh, you know, I grew up doing martial arts fighting. I was in a championship in Taiwan. Uh, you know, it was 2007, got a gold medal and all that sort of stuff. Um, but that's not me anymore. I'm not likely to be someone who fights. I'm an old man too, don't forget that. But, uh, you know, I have to absorb into my conscious being that I have to put these things in the hand of God. So when I get these, uh, and I'll ask you a question specifically in just one second. When I get these uh, daily Tung Shu, there are hexagrams. A hexagram is uh, two trigrams. A trigram is two sets of, uh, is a set of three lines. It can be broken or unbroken and then it's combined with another trigram there are 64 in total but they can be changing lines so you've got uh, 64 with one out of six possibilities for a changing line so 64 times 6 I think it's 384 something like that and so you can read in an interpretation of the I Ching where it comes from what that reading is for you that day so mine's always different to Ashley's because she's got a different birthday. And so when I read mine every day, it is right on the money. Like ridiculous, scary, insane. Wow. And I see that as the way that God can talk to me directly. And it's a different format. And they refer in the I Ching to the great sage. In the movie The Revenant, did you see that one? Leonardo mm -hmm. DiCaprio. Yes. Okay. So he's, uh, he's making it by hook or crook across the terrain. You know, he uh, fights a bear. He goes to sleep in an, an elk's guts. And uh, he makes it through to the end. And the most significant part of that was he finds the guy who was the asshole who started all the problems. And then he's, he, he gets him down and he's, the guy's lying uh, on the edge of the stream. And the natives come by and he thinks, well... Everybody thinks that they're going to chop him up, and they go, "No, it's not ours to do. We, it is for the great sage to make uh, mm -hmm. good or not." And that was my thing today. Yeah. It was just hand it over to God, uh, and so that's what I have to remember to do. So when I'm doing my treatment, I have a capacity to do that. This is something that I came across uh, in search for some meaning for my life, and. I am now uh, able to practice that and pass on the benefit to other people. And the way that I do it is by having God in my mind as I do that. Anything that I will do in his name to me is entirely acceptable. Because if I'm doing yoga and I'm praying to, you know, Shiva, Vishnu, Shakti or whoever it is in the, you know, the lineage of deities then you know you can do that but that's not right. giving yourself to God if you do yoga and give yourself to God in that and you know allow for yourself to be quickened 
or filled with the Holy Spirit. Like um, I told my kids to church uh, yesterday. We go to Grace Fellowship Church in Lutherville. And uh, I had previously been asking people about the Holy Ghost. Oh, it's so funny. I heard about Grace yes yesterday when I visited a friend's church. I'm sorry to park No, 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 no. You should come. Funny. That's so funny. I should come. And yeah. Visit. And I met a couple of people I didn't even know were at there. I said, oh, you. Oh, wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And anyway, it's, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Wait, it's great me. for kids, too. Yeah. Oh, and good. it's, I mean, just everyone's, it would be consistent with uh, the values that we've previously discussed. Anyway, so uh, I had been talking to people about, you know, the Holy spirit and some because i have you know when i talk to my patients i don't get in their face about god or anything i say you know as part of the healing process i look for a connection to spirit spirituality and i say do you have a spiritual um leaning or do you go to church for example and if they say yes i'll you know that's the doors slightly ajar and i'll take it one little bit at a time but i don't you know the main thing is them getting them better and making sure that we have uh, trust and communication. I'm not proselytizing somebody who's uh, in my care. That's not my job. Right. But uh, then a couple of people started talking about the Holy Spirit and you're feeling the Spirit in you. It's like, all right, I don't really know what this is all about. And uh, so the last two times I had been to church, uh, one, there's a guy called Bob and he's got an amazing book which uh, I bought from there. It's called uh, The Circle. When the Circle is Broken, Bob Arnold and his wife Jan and uh, they lost their daughter. Aww. That's sad. That's very cool. Our journey through deep sorrow and sorrow together has been surprising joy in the loss of our daughter. That's really cool. At age 20. And I went up to him afterwards. I couldn't stop the tears. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. Because <laughs> you have kids. And you no, know, no. You can't imagine. And then when we went back, I was with my kids. And they were, you know, they were happy and they were enjoying it. And they get to have these experience, and I really want to force feed, you know, force feed them this stuff because it's up to them, and I want them to do what they want to do. But at least, you know, they I feel that they need to have a container of some description that will lead them into their own spirituality. And um, you know, I've known people who've been Mormons; they were brought up Mormons, and they just it wasn't yeah. pretty. And that's not to say it's the case for all Mormons, but in every single case that I've come into contact with, it has been. But that's probably because they're no longer with the church. So, uh, and then I go into, uh, you know, the auditorium yesterday, and then I just can't stop the tears. So I don't know what that is. Is it gratitude? Is it that feeling of powerlessness and um, being overwhelmed by something that is bigger than myself. I'm happy for that to happen. Yeah. Because I'd rather be tears of joy or tears of compassion than tears of frustration, sadness, and misery. Because I think we've all had a lot of that. We've all had a lot of fear. And because of the nature of the world that we live in, we are 
um, going to be subject to that simply because it tends to lead us away from that which ultimately can bring us with the most uh, benefits and the most fulfillment. Mm -hmm. I would have to say that even though I say I'm, I'm blocked about that, I think I'm just blocked because, like I said, I'm, I'm putting a pin in things to kind of weigh what other people's perspectives are. But I think I deal with it the same way, you know, because tattooing, it's, like I said, it's one of those things where you know, people are there and they're spiritually drawn, they're personally drawn, you know, like they're drawn from a whole bunch of different avenues and they're really trying to like reflect on something big and it's not my job to, they're not, th they're not there to be proselytized mm -hmm. to or anything like that. But I do feel an immense amount of obligation to bring them to the, their higher selves, you know, like, the, through this process, like, recover something, you know, mm. um, you know, bring them back to something that they've lost or that they're broken within or, you know, like, just offer that space. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I deal with it the same way. So as long as I know that I'm pursuing the path the way I am, and it was like you said when you originally noted God, you know, the five things, you know, love, purity, all of those things, like, that's what I think what happens um, when you know God. You might not know exactly how you frame God, mm. but you feel God. And uh, I think we're all called differently to that feeling, um, and the Holy Spirit comes through us differently, and we enact it differently in the world and so I say a block it's more of like you said when you're questioning the faith it's at its strongest like I feel like that's really just where it is it's like uh, I, I wouldn't be I don't think I would be a good faith follower if I didn't have if I didn't tax what I know if I didn't challenge the perspective if I didn't weigh what other people have to say about things or or anything like that and I know what you're talking about, about the tears not being able to stop. Um, a funny moment like this at church. <laughs> There's some, a, a, a fellow parishioner whose name was John uh, said something to me that was very personal, but it was, it kind of hit me in a certain way and it really made me question, you know, my life choices. And I was just so f filled up and overwhelmed. I couldn't stop crying. My mom looks at me. She's like, oh, what's wrong? And... I don't know why, but like because she said that, recognized it, it just made it worse. Mm. And so I like started crying more. And my mom has a, a bad like throat issue. Like sometimes for her to like, I don't know, she has like all this stuff. She's had a, a hernia and all, it's, it's, she's got a whole bunch of esophageal kind of stuff. So she always like, she always like picks up something to suck on, some kind of, you know, a mint or something like that. And they're, they keep them in the back of the, the church. She always like grabs like a handful of them before she goes up to sit because it helps her sing and like get through the service without coughing and, mm. you know, like disrupting everything. So I'm like sitting there crying and she's like, it's fine. I cried a lot when I came here too for the first time. <laughs> it was just, it was comedic genius. 
because it just felt like an advertising. I just wish that somebody had like a camera on us at this moment. You wouldn't know unless you like were there. But she like she goes here. Do you want a lifesaver? <laughs> just the name of the candy and like how she like gave it to me. Like just like it'll be okay. <laughs> the name of it I, I we just started laughing we disrupted the whole service but it was the same kind of thing like first I was crying because I was overwhelmed now I'm crying more because I can't stop laughing just because of the poetic humor of the whole thing but it is just it is so beautiful um I don't know how to describe it unless you felt it but like like you I would much rather have that than utter despair or anger or any of mm. those things um yeah it's a, it's a pretty wild ride when you start it. And there's so many things that connect. Like once you really start digging that, it's like, it's, it's, it's too crazy to think that people could even deny it. Oh yeah. You know? And I have such a sadness. Like I think when people, when it does come up and you're with somebody who's a non-believer, I think they feel like you think you're better than them because you believe in God. And it, it's not like that at all. It's more like this deep sorrow that you're so powerless in that moment to do anything about it. Yeah. And and I don't know, I, like that that pure joy, that pure like crying because of ecstasy almost. Mm. <clears throat> it's like completely on its ass. It's like in the other way. Like it's a complete. Other, if I could try to imagine what it would be like not to have faith. Mm. that's what it feels like like it's all the anger all the sadness all the like it, it's crushing like how how I guess they don't I don't think that they truly commit to that maybe have moments of that yeah. you know but I, I can't imagine that you're living a life well, like that actually. No, you know? no I mean <laughs> I, I absolutely agree with you 100% and that is from somebody who never thought a year ago that I would be the person that I am. Yeah, today. right? Me too. It just snuck up on me and it happened. And I don't think that's something that's working. Like parenthood, right? You have kids. Nobody tells you what it's going to be like. Nobody. How could they? Well, because they did it and they just didn't yeah, share. But it couldn't be your kids. No, no, no I understand that. Yeah. Um, what I'm saying is that. I, I've, and I've asked a lot of parents, because when I see parents with kids, first of all, I try and guess the age of the kids, because uh, it's a little game that I play. Yeah. And uh, then I talk to the parents, because parents have a kind of bond. It's uh, sort of a trial by fire in a lot of instances. Uh, my daughter had a colic for three months. We had to bounce around a yoga ball six hours a day. Oh, I'm sure that was good exercise. Yeah, until I figured out, <laughs> oh... Maybe she's not digesting milk properly. So I got oh. some lactose from Amazon.com. Next day, it stopped. And I oh, I wish I'd thought of this two wow. months, three weeks, and six days ago. Wow. But, um, you know, we our core strength was amazing after that. <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the thing is that, you know, the sleepless nights. And this is the David Goggins thing as well. I think I'd already started listening... Had I started listening to Goggins? Maybe not. My son was uh, probably, he's under a year, and his mom and his sister, and 
he were both sick. So I had to be up with him all night and in the morning. And I, for seven days, I had one and a half hour sleep a night. And I managed to get to the gym and crush it. Wow. Uh, because they, uh, I think it was post Goggins. When you I, have to be listening to David Goggins. No, I li- do that. Yeah, because <laughs> episode 1080 on the I can't gym. even listen to the dude. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, he's way too intense for me. Oh, but yeah. like you, I that would be the kind of energy you'd need to crush it after an hour of sleep. <laughs> but I mean, it was that or die, basically. Yeah. But um, so anyway, uh, what was the point of that? The point of that was that um, kids. Yeah. So nobody tells you about the kids. Nobody tells you about the sleepless. He was number two. So number one was a very brutal awakening. And it made me realize that what a selfish, whiny person I had been up until that point. But when I was bouncing her on the yoga ball for, we'd do one or two hours and switch. And uh, it was just one minute at a time. And I didn't want to do that. And I was inside King Baby, where, 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 where. But I look in that little baby's eyes and the pain that she was having to endure and knowing that this was my responsibility and this was my uh, blood that I brought into this uh, world, this crazy world. Well, yeah, let's try and keep positive. <laughs> brought into this uh, <laughs> yeah. world, brought into the world. And, Opportunity. Yeah, and that's what kept me going. And then, you know, you access that, you access the Goggins. In, it's in all of us and we just keep on going and sometimes it's one inch at a time one foot in front of the other and sometimes you know we have the luxury of taking it one day one week at a time and you know those are things for which we can be grateful and you know I mean think about it here you go here's a bit of a preachy uh, digression uh, in the United States we're among the 98% of the richest people in the world you know, we've got clean water. We often, well, more often than not, have a place to live. We've got more food than we can eat to the point where we eat more food than we need to. And, um, you know, if something's really going down, you can call a number and people show up and help you, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, imagine the faith required in a situation where you don't have that. I heard uh, that there are people who meet God only in the worst possible scenario they're at sea and the boat sinks and they're in a dinghy in the middle of nowhere and there's number water, uh, salt water to drink <clears throat> people who get caught in avalanches and they hollow out a little place for themselves to live and it's like that's where they meet god and it's not like oh i'm gonna die so i better get on my knees and pray it's like oh well <laughs> there you yeah. go this is the this is what it is yeah so you know um gratitude is something that i've always struggled with because there's a lot of new age, new age people saying well you just got to be grateful and it's like well, you can say the words but that's not really going to help me do that but uh i mean in the same way that we're not taught about our kids i think we need more people to inform us about what it entails to go through the spiritual experience of being at one with God mm-hmm. and um, you know I'm at the point where I tell people about having kids 
I'm at the point where I'll talk to people about their kids. You know, I'll stick my nose in. And if it's not welcome, I'll back off. Right. But um, I go up to people in the supermarket or into, you know, whichever market I'm at. And I show them this app on my phone called Yuka. And it tells you how you can scan the barcode. And it'll tell you uh, on a scale of 1 to 100 if it's food or if it's garbage. And I tell people about seed oils. And I tell people about linoleic acid. I talk to people about non-organic products. I talk to people about Dove. I mean, these are classified as, um, I don't know, something to clean your car with or something like that. These got uh, uh, lauryl ethyl sulfate and all these different chemicals in them. You don't need that in your body. You don't need to be accumulating, uh, you know, the, the chemicals from dryer sheets. You don't need to be using fabric conditioner. I'm at the point where I'm so hypersensitive. I can smell someone smoking a cigarette 200 yards down the road. I can smell someone, if I follow them, I can tell what brand of, uh, you know, fabric conditioner they're using. And all I want to do is go and tell them, don't do that. Because that is what accumulates on your body. And when you go to the pathologist, they take a skin sample and then they'll say, well, don't need to be full of that garbage, that's for damn sure. But anyway, so in the same way that nobody tells you about kids, I don't think it has to be a harsh awakening like that. Um, I think that's why it's so family that so important that the family stays together so that one generation can teach the next and pick up the slack when the very much overworked uh, younger generation who are supposed to be parenting the kids don't have the time or the energy to be able to do everything all at once. And that's destroying people. And uh, I also think that... um, uh, we need instruction in a generational hierarchy in terms of being educated about what God is, what other people's experience was, not how I should expect it to be, but if I listen to enough people, I can get a pretty good idea when it's happening, mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I've just, throughout my life, ever since I left home, it's just, well, even during when I was at home with my parents, it's like, I had to figure it out for myself. Here's some clothes, here's a place to stay, here's some food. They took care of me like that. All the rest was figure it out yourself. And, you know, for some people, that's just the way it is. But I don't want that experience to go to waste. And so, you know, I started talking about people. And that's why, you know, when I start talking about health or you put a podcast microphone in front of me, I don't shut up. No, I think it's great. And that'll be me for the week. Well, and you put it in God's hands. That was your meditation today. Yeah. Like you just let it roll. And that's the, that's the, this is perfect. I mean, you know, like so much information will be given to people already. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, maybe this will help other people on the podcast. I haven't done this yet, but I thought to do it. Um, you know, you've referred a few things to me that were really awesome. Um, filters, water filters, mm. and things like that. Do you make sure to create a John Simmons list on Amazon of affiliation? Oh, no. That might be your ticket to get wealthy. Okay. Because you get affiliate paid by Amazon if you create your preferred list. Yeah. And if you send people like me, yeah. you know, your preferred list of products. So you already know Yuka and, you know, you're you're talking about that to people. But if you were to, like, pass out a business card of... You know, this is my list of products you want to try. Yeah. And 
just take all the all the thinking out of it for people. Oh yeah, you know? like that might be a really cool thing for you to do. Well, I could do that. I mean, I have a skincare one hundred and one that I have mm -hmm. people do. So <clears throat> here you go. This is a great success story. I was shocked about this. So doing micro uh, micro needling, which mm -hmm. is a it's uh, a skin therapy. So it's called uh, collagen uh, induction therapy. And so you have this, uh, you know. I'm you, trying it. It's yeah, great. Yeah. It's you're tattooing your face. But yeah, collagen. exactly. So <laughs> you have this, this pen with 16 uh, little needles on and they go up to two millimeters deep, 2.5. Uh, we don't go any deeper than one millimeter. And put on a, a serum of collagen um, stimulating chemicals. So it's uh, apple stem cells and uh, hyaluronic acid and what you do is you use the needle to push those into the skin and you know you look a little bit red and uh, sore for less than a day so overnight you repair uh, and then this recruits uh, your collagen and elastin stem cells and it gives you a uh, a rejuvenated appearance because you are rejuvenated because your skin's plumped up and um, you uh, you have evenness of one tone, uh, two reduction of wrinkles, and three uh, melasma, which is often either hormonal or environmentally produced blotchiness, and that starts going away. So I have a, uh, a skincare 101, and I have a couple of patients who've been to me, and they, I saw them and I thought, oh, this one's going to be a challenge. Didn't shy away from it, but I said, listen, I've got some homework for you to do if you really want to make steps forward this is what I recommend that you do. And I have a list of things that they have to buy, inexpensive, amazon.com. And I mean, a lot of the stuff that people buy in terms of skincare is garbage. You put it on the UK yeah. app and it's got toxic stuff All the spillers and it doesn't work yeah. and it doesn't work. So what I do is I say, you know, you got to drink uh, up your uh, drinking water, put some um, Himalayan or Celtic salt in the drinking water when you drink it. Uh, use a green tea, organic green tea mask. skin mask. Yeah. Uh, Got that too. Three to five times a week. I'm just saying that like, you could have had money from me already. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. ordered all this shit. Uh, <laughs> as, as inexpensive as it is, I mean, you're yeah. recommending these things and, and they're good. And I do think that that's, that's giving back to God too. Well, the thing is that yeah. these these ladies, they did this. And they followed the instructions because they were very motivated to do so. I saw them for their third treatment. I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. So they're, they're basically taking the responsibility for healing themselves into their own hands. They're doing it. They're performing, you know, the showing the discipline to perform a, a ritual and routine, which is self-care, which is good for everybody. And, uh, you know, they had oily skin, blotchy skin and acne scars and you know they'll need a few more treatments but they're going to have skin as uh, soft and as uh, smooth as a baby's butt that's amazing yeah that's awesome yeah but that's that's why i talk about you on the show that's why you're here it's because i know that you're not the truth because that's god but you've got it funneling through you yeah <laughs> It's, it's all that it's all that reading it's all <laughs> yeah no but it's it's and it's also paying attention and and being open like you said about your friend who mm. was like i'll do anything yeah you know it's those women yes i'm i'll do anything tell yeah. me i'm, I'm really want to know yeah um and you know that 
like I said, this is something that I think that it, uh, you know, if you're in the vein of like doing things, meditating on God and having that receptors, there's no reason why you shouldn't utilize something like Amazon. Oh no. And you know, make I mean, these lists. Better, I, I would want to pass it out on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously, it's all better if you can find the um, the stuff locally and all that, but in realistic terms, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, these people or whoever is uh, motivated needs to do it right there and then, because if they don't, yes. you know, each day you hesitate is uh, increases the likelihood that it's not going to happen. Right, and you so, could die on the toilet. Right, and you could die on the toilet eating a uh, bowl of cereal and a cheeseburger. And a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. John, is there anything that you, we haven't talked about that you would like to bring up on your show? Uh, well, yeah, actually, today's 9-11, so I just want oh, to yes. uh, make a point of remembering those who gave their lives for others on this day. Uh, I am a... I've successfully applied to be a contractor for veterans uh, yes, through the VA in terms of uh, treatment. Uh, I also have, uh, I'm cooperating with another company to uh, provide benefits for local heroes, which are first responders, firefighters, uh, law enforcement, military, active and retired, uh, school teachers and the medical profession. So. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all of you who may be listening for your service today and we are indebted eternally for the commitment and the sacrifice that you make every day to us. I can't think of a better wrap up. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. <laughs>